Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to your everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Well, hello guys, welcome to episode 18, which I have titled, How to Stand Strong in Trying Times. This is really a continuation of episode 17, which was titled, Will You Trust the Lord to Restore to Better Than Before? So you'll want to go back and watch, or excuse me, listen to that episode if you missed it. But by way of review, I've been talking about how it's been a season of loss, and all the things that have been happening in my husband and my life, but how I sense the Lord is in the mix somewhere. So if you'll remember, I said I'd sensed a pattern and that what I'm hearing is that in spite of it being a season of loss, I'm seeing the Lord just as quickly restoring it better than it was. Although not in every area yet, mind you, but enough to realize that God is up to something. And sometimes Something has to die before it can be replaced, like some of the examples I was sharing in that episode. But it can be a dream or a vision or a way of life that you thought would always be yours. Maybe a ministry, a job, whatever it is, but all of a sudden things are new and different than you thought they would be. But again, the good news is that if God is in the mix, if something dies, it can bring forth much fruit. And so the scripture for that is John 12, 24. All right, so that's kind of review from episode 17. And well, I'll tell you what, even since that episode, my husband was in a vehicle accident. So this was not his fault. The driver was not insured and not even licensed. But here we are dealing again with insurance at every level. Now, I mean, again, because in 2015, my husband was, was in a pretty serious accident. Not his fault either. Um... And in fact, a woman had lost her life in that wreck. It was not his fault. But, you know, he had a total truck and all of a sudden he's got concussion issues and back issues and neck issues. So like, you know, we're kind of back there again. Although the vehicle that he was driving was not totaled, there's certainly enough damage that now we're, you know, kind of just squaring off with the insurance company because they don't seem to realize this is a rare and, you know, kind of a limited edition truck, that kind of thing. So... Anyway, we'll work through it. But again, the health concerns come up again. So now we're dealing with back and neck issues and insurance and trying to get all that covered. So, you know, I guess what I want to do in saying that is, you know, what I have direction to do today is to pass on to you what I'm hearing new since episode 17, because, you know, now we're still not quite out of this zone yet, I guess. And what do I do in times that seem trying or difficult or confusing? You know, when we're struggling for whatever reason to make sense of God, what he might be saying and doing in our lives, okay? I know there are people that can relate to this. So if it's not the same circumstances I'm talking about, just plug in your own situation, all right? Because I think this could really help some people. So first of all, let's talk about what I'm hearing the Lord say. So number one, some of us that are in this season of loss in which God is restoring things to better than before are going to be receiving, this is the number one thing I'm hearing, a new identity and a new purpose. All right. So number one, 
I'm hearing God say there's a new identity and a new purpose if you're one of these. So perhaps it could even be a new form of livelihood. I'm hearing that as well. So for instance, if you lost your job, I mean, that's a loss. That's a death. That's something died. I see the Lord bringing you a new form of income, a livelihood that's even better than the one that you lost, but it doesn't feel comfortable and it doesn't feel good, right? Not when you're in it. All right. So that's going to give some hope for you. And already I see some of this coming true for me, even ministry wise, for example, to some degree, because, you know, for a long time, I was writing an article per month, a major article per month, doing a podcast per week as I was doing the show. Um, you know, even writing a word for the year. Well, the Jewish New Year has come and gone and I haven't released a, a word for the year yet. It's like God just seems to be doing everything a little bit different for me right now and with me. And I have to be okay with that. And so do you if you're in that circumstance. On the personal level, my husband and I are actually considering selling our existing home and relocating, which is unbelievable. If you know us and know me at all, I just thought I was going to be carried feet first out of this house. Uh, it's 20 years old. Um, it's in a beautiful location. It's a beautiful home. I just could never picture us leaving it. Well, I don't know whether we will or we won't, but we are definitely open to it. And I can't believe we're considering it. So, I mean, if you've identified with a job that you no longer have or you identified with a way of doing ministry that you never do anymore, or not never, I wouldn't say it that way, but that it's just different. Um, or even if you're changing locations and you thought you were going to be buried in this location, carried feet first out of this house, all these things, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank of whatever circumstance you're in, you know, you just might be thinking to yourself, I thought I was just a different person. And, and now all of a sudden this, right? You know, you just find yourself thinking I'm someone other than I thought that I was. So again, if you recognize yourself in this, here's what I'm hearing the Lord say as a second part of this. First, that he's giving you a new identity and purpose. And second, I hear him saying, I'm here with you now, right? He's not going to wait to be with you when the new thing just identifies itself and appears because right now we're, many of us are in transition and feelings can let us down and you might feel like the Lord is not with you or you can't feel his presence, but he is here with you now. Okay. So that was number one. Number two, I hear him say, it's a new season. Now, mind you, this is after all that I was telling you in, in episode 17, such as that I was hearing the Lord say, I'm doing something new, 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 new. And he's still telling me it's a new season, okay? So I just am not ending hearing this. It's not stopping, okay? It's just a new version of what he's saying. So, you know, new seasons can be, well, you think in terms of like when you're going to be comfortable again, but just think about it even if you move, uh, you're packing up your house to move, right? Until you get to that new house, it's just kind of chaos, right? There's boxes everywhere. You can't find anything, but the new will come. It's just this awkward stage that many of us are in right now, okay? Just to try to illustrate that. So keep in mind that we can't always see what God is doing, of course. So when a, a way of life dies or a dream dies or something that we've always identified, hope can die too, right? So I really found encouragement in Luke 24, 13 to 32, the story of 
um, the two that were on the road to Emmaus. You know, you can read that whole passage, but basically Jesus appears to these two dudes, right? They don't know it's him. And they're walking and talking like you would think they would do. And Jesus like, hey, what's up? What's what y'all talking about? And in verse 19 to 21, you know, they're like, uh, what? You know, where'd you land from? You know, are you a stranger? Can you not know all the things that have happened just in these last few days? And Jesus, he's still stringing them out here, playing them a bit, you know, he's like, what things? He wants them to say it. So they say, oh, well, these things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, he was mighty in deed and word before God and the people. And now the chief priests and the rulers, they delivered him to death and they crucified him. And we were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And besides all this, today's the third day since he died. Can you just see in those verses how that hope had died, this loss? So you kind of got to understand why they were in this place. Now read the rest of the story because of course Jesus does reveal himself and all that. But there had been this period between the exile when Jerusalem fell, remember in 587 BC, I've talked about that. And then when Cyrus defeated Babylon in 539, he granted them freedom to come back, right? But it wasn't like they were really free. He was like, you know, quote, supervising them or whatever. They did not have their independence. They were like a small sub-province of this vast Persian empire. So when the Old Testament historical account comes to an end, in the 5th century BC, in the 400s there, the Jews, uh, they still had to live through several more changes of power before Christ even came. So a major feature that emerged in this, what I would call intertestamental period, is that there was a huge upsurge of apocalyptic messianic hope. There had been a lot of persecution, still was. The nation was experiencing martyrdom, suffering, and they began to hope for this climactic final intervention by God himself, like the prophets had foretold. They had the writings of the prophets, of course, that God would establish his kingdom forever, destroy his enemies, and of course Israel's, and vindicate and uplift the righteous and oppressed put an end to their suffering. So they had pinned all this hope on Jesus. Can you just imagine? Because when JB, I mean John the Baptist, I think of them like that, when JB enters the season that they're in and enters the scene, holy cow, they are ripe for it, right? And then Jesus himself arrives. I mean, there are people here that have all their hopes pinned on this. And so then what happens? Jesus is crucified. And not only that, they said to him, he's been dead three days, right? So they didn't understand that these things had to happen. Remember what we talked about in John 12, Jesus says, that's right. The context he's talking about is like sometimes a seed has to die. Even his own life, of course, Jesus was referring to. You know, you have to to let that process happen. It all turned out better in the end, but they were not going to know that yet, especially not right then. The Holy Spirit would come, the plan for eternal life, the future glory. All these things were, you know, going to be happening as a result of that death and that resurrection. But, you know, their minds could not fathom. And, you know, our minds can't fathom what God is up to. I'm going to say a lot of the time, we like to think we know sometimes what's going on. But honestly, lately, I've been thinking this, I thought I knew what I was doing, but it turns out I don't know what I'm doing at all. 
Now, maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but that's kind of the zone I'm in, you know? I thought I knew what I was doing. Turns out I don't know anything at all. I don't know what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> so I'm just being real with you, and I'm sure there are people that are thinking that same thing. So let's go to the third thing that I'm hearing, okay? First was new identity and purpose, and that God is with you now. Secondly, it's a new season. Third, I heard the Lord say this to me recently, rise and conquer and stand strong. All right, this is what I'm hearing the Lord say to me and therefore to you that are in the same thing. You know, we can't just roll over and be like, oh, it's too hard. Life's too hard. I don't think I can do this anymore because sometimes you feel like doing that, right? But God sees not like, you know, he doesn't want us to have a pity party, okay? We are more than overcomers in Christ. If there's not something to overcome, then we're not overcomers. I think we miss that sometimes. It's obvious, but, you know, maybe we miss it. So, all right. So the fourth thing I'm hearing is, oh, wait, I'm going to hold off because I want to, I want to interject some practical things that I do before I get to that one. Okay. So I'll come back. Some practical things that I do, because remember the name of our show, Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. There's the spiritual aspect, the things that I'm hearing, but there's the practical aspect, because this is not the first hard time I've been through, and I'm sure it's not your first time. And, you know, at my age and stage and maturity in the Lord, there's some things that he has taught me to do, um, because it's, you know, there's times and seasons, uh, really, for first thing that I do is I remind myself that God cannot lie. You can read Titus chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 if you'd like to back that up. So even when we don't understand our circumstances, we can't see where we're going, we don't know what God is doing, He doesn't lie. His promises are firm, okay? Maybe they're not going to look the way we thought they would. you got to let that go sometimes. Maybe that has to die, the way you thought your word would come to pass. All right, so number two is thankfulness. Remember, I told you in another episode about the Psalms that if you are discouraged and need encouragement and you need to be thankful, read a Psalm a day. Even if that's not your main reading, read one Psalm per day and you can't help but give thanks because that's what it's all about. Now, this um, kind of got refined after my husband had a heart attack in 2019. He not only had a widow maker and came very close to dying, but he also had anaphylactic shock from the dye they used. I mean, it was pretty rough. And, and he's in great health. He didn't have high cholesterol numbers and high blood pressure and all those things. Um, so it was really kind of baffling. But I got into this rut. So he made it okay, you know, but we are struggling in some ways with his medication and all this. It was just kind of an awkward season. And I fell into this pattern of not being encouraged or discouraged either one. I'm just plodding along day to day, okay, doing my thing. But it's kind of like I'm just like, I don't know, flatlined in a way as far as my emotions and what I'm um, thinking and feeling as far as expectations in the Lord. Does that make sense? And you know what I heard the Lord say one night very clearly? I heard him say, being encouraged is a choice. I was just kind of like, wow, you know, sometimes the Lord tells you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, right? And out of that season, the Holy Spirit showed me to do this, to wake up each morning and before your feet even hit the floor, say out loud to the Lord or in your spirit, however you want to do it, thank you that it's going to be a good day. Thank you that it's going to be a good year. Thank you that it's going to be a good life. Now, if you do that, what you're doing is you, you're prophesying over yourself. 
all right? Hope and favor. These are things that, that, you know, God tells us in Jeremiah. He has a hope and a plan for our future. It's a good one, okay? So we're just prophesying over ourselves what God already said. In Jeremiah, it might be 31. I didn't write it down. 29, 29, 31, I think it is. Go find it yourself. <laughs> That'll be your research project for the day, I guess. All right, number three. First, we're going to remind ourselves God can't lie. Two, we're going to be thankful. Three, celebrate the high points. My husband and I do this in the last number of years. I can't tell you how important this is in our lives. So even if it's something small sometimes, maybe you don't have much to celebrate because it's been a rough patch for a while. Well, don't wait for something huge to celebrate, okay? Just pick something small, a smaller victory if you have to. Recently, last week, I closed a class and I got 100%. It was an A. So I'm getting ever closer to maybe finishing this master someday. And I think there are a couple other things too wrapped in that I can't really remember for sure. But we just went out to dinner, which we don't typically do because I don't know, it's just, you know, it's a, a thing you got to go to town, you got to just deal with, uh, you know, you got to wait for I don't know how long for a table, etc, etc. You know, it's just easier to stay home, I guess. But no, we just did it. You know, it's like, it's important to do that. Ecclesiastes 3, you know, most of us are familiar with this passage. It tells us there are times and seasons for everything. This is a God-ordained thing, okay? A time to mourn, a time to dance. You can't just always be like, oh, well, I'm too busy to celebrate. It's not important. It's very important. Israel had times to feast. They had times to fast. Right now, we're in the period of the Feast of Tabernacles, as I record this, which is associated with joy. Now, the Day of Atonement, which we just went through, is more somber. It's a fast. It, you know, even Sabbath rest, it's designated time for a rest, okay? That's why Jesus, um, or excuse me, that's why God set it up with creation. But yeah, Jesus was a creation too, so it's a package deal, right? So anyway, even times of mourning such as death were defined in the Old Testament. There's places you can read about that. But, you know, I think it was uh, Joseph uh, when he was mourning the death of Jacob, he mourned for seven days. It's like we can't camp any one spot, right? We can't grieve our loss forever. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to walk us through this healing process and we move on. And so at certain points, of course, we need to celebrate the victories that we have, even if you haven't seen all restored yet, because I don't know, you know, we don't always know God's timetable, right? I'd be the first to admit that. So yeah, sometimes we do dinner. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine if that is okay for you. Uh, because nothing is inherently wrong with alcohol, all right? Just hear me through here. Any more than there's something inherently wrong with food. Because if you think so, that's a Gnostic form of thinking that associates things that God has created for our use as bad. Things of the earth and the natural and all that. It's like, a, it's the opposite of thankfulness, okay? Because here's what Psalm 104, 14 and 15 say. He, meaning God, causes the grass to grow for cattle and vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man. Oil makes his face shine and bread strengthens his heart. All right. So God created all these things for a purpose. All right. So, of course, what we don't want to do is misuse or overindulge. And that can be an issue. 
But I mean, even overindulging in food is an issue. If you're, you know, severely overweight, it's, it's a health problem, a health concern. So again, if you have addictive problems, well, you know, you're not going to want to drink alcohol, that's fine. Or if you have a conviction, maybe you've taken some form of a Nazarite vow, we get that from number six, one through 21, typically associated with not drinking alcohol, then don't. But otherwise, as long as it's within the realm of reasonable levels, I think it's a great way to just be in that celebratory zone, okay? That's what we're still talking about. And on a very personal note, uh, something that my husband and I are doing is uh, we don't really have time yet to take the lessons because school, you know, this master's taking so much time. But we're learning to country dance, you know. My husband will Google videos and I have more, uh, you know, musical and dance background. He doesn't have any. I was going to say more than he does, but he doesn't have any. And we've actually developed a playlist that we call Garage Night. So what that means to us is if the weather is warm enough, we'll first of all wash our pickups. We're kind of pickup people. Just have to say we all own trucks in our family and we own, you know, quite a few because some of them are restored vehicles. And we'll wash them. And we'll have the country music on and we might dance some. And if the weather's too cold, you know, you can close, back the vehicles out and close the doors. Because that's Montana. It's not like it's going to be warm for very long. You get a couple of months of nice weather, I guess, in the summer and that's about it. But, you know, I just want you to think in your own head, what are those ways that I can celebrate, that I can have that kind of mentality where you can't let life pass you by just always waiting for the next big victory because maybe it's going to be a while, you know, what I'm saying. So we don't want to get in that zone where we're just not aware that God wants us to have pleasure in life. Do you remember we talk about John 10, 10 fairly often? He doesn't want us to just have life. He wants us to have life abundantly. He wants us to enjoy life, okay? So we don't want to have that mentality that, that we're just um, always going to just be like suffering Christians, okay, carrying our cross because, you know, there is suffering in the Christian life, but you got to have it balanced. All right, so that's enough about that. Um, so, before I close, I don't want to make this too long, but I want to talk about one particular kind of loss, and that's betrayal or abuse of some kind when someone suffers injustice at the hand of their family, because I'm sure there's people listening uh, that, you know, they've been abused, there's been injustice, there's been traumatizing, you know, kind of things. You know, the thing about families, the reason they can hurt us the most, of course, is because they're the people that should always be on our team. They should always have our backs, but it's a sinful world and it just doesn't always work out like that, right? Um, so I felt like the Lord wanted me to touch on Tamar. Now, uh, Tamar is in the Bible. Actually, I talked about one of the Tamars. There's two in the Bible in the trailer for our podcast so that, you know, you can scroll back if you're on iTunes or cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen, Spotify, just scroll that back down to that trailer if you want to hear what I said about that. Um, but the, you know, basically the thing about Tamar is whether you're talking about Either one, you're talking about a dysfunctional family of some kind, and there's plenty of those examples in the Bible, right? You don't have to think very hard to think about a dysfunctional family. Right off the bat, Cain and Abel, what happened with that? Oh my gosh, right? So anyway, Tamar number one is in Genesis 38, and that was Tamar and Judah, and it's this kind of bizarre storyline that gets dropped in the middle of uh, the story of Joseph, and um, so... Tamar was the daughter-in-law, and so go read that story if you want, but, you know, basically her father-in-law didn't care for them as the customs 
would have dictated and so she kind of tricks him and all this and anyway he does fess up to it but um, basically by the time it's done there's been what I would consider a form of incest and certainly some sin had happened and and needed to be addressed and dealt with so you can read that well that's the first Tamar the second Tamar um, has to do with Absalom and Ammon and you can read that in Second Samuel 13 now that's the one I reference in the trailer again there's just injustice there's uh, crazy things happening in this storyline there's incest if you will there's betrayal because I think any time you're talking about a misuse and an injustice in a family there's a level of betrayal these are people that are supposed to love you care for you have your back so that's difficult I don't want to take too much time with that but I just want you to know that I really believe that if you will let the Lord walk you through this healing process, even if it's traumatic and has to do with a family loss like that, betrayal, abuse, whatever it is, by his strength, if you allow him to, you know, through him, in his strength, stand strong and rise and conquer, you will see the Lord restore you lost to better than before. All right. So again, we never condone injustice, betrayal, uh, you know, if it's some sort of abuse, whatever it is. But, you know, don't forget that you have to confess at least with your mouth that you forgive them, not condone them. Not doesn't mean it's OK, but you got to begin that process of just saying for your own good, for your own healing. Father, forgive them for they didn't know what they did. Because really, most bad people aren't evil on purpose. And probably some are, but it's like you know, they do it because what they've been used and abused, perhaps, or they don't understand what they're doing. Okay, so that's just a little side road there. But anyway, if you see yourself in all this that I'm talking about, here's the fourth and final, I think I'm a number four thing that I'm hearing the Lord say to you who are in this same season that I've been talking about. I hear the Lord say, get ready for an upgrade. Okay, an upgrade is coming if you will weather this out and let him do these new things in your life that he wants to do. When you come out the other side, you will see and know and have your upgrade, okay? Now that's a word to hold on to, okay? So let me pray for you. Lord, all those listening who can see themselves in this word, and especially those who have been betrayed and have suffered loss at the hands of their family in some form or another. Father, I pray for a specific healing anointing to just flow through this podcast, flow through the airwaves, however it is that they're listening, so that you would begin to heal those wounds and help them walk through that loss and heal together with you to help that forgiveness to happen. Lord, so even if it's just with their mouth that they confess, eventually their heart will begin to come alongside, Father. I pray a special blessing over each listener, Father, that they would truly recover more than they have lost and that they would see the hand of the Lord in all of this and that they would know and praise and thank you for the great God that you are. Amen. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen. And also review us on iTunes if you've enjoyed it, because that'll help our 
uh, podcast reach more listeners. Okay, Pe- people want to hear our message. That's another way that it pops up better in the ratings, I guess. So be sure to visit our website at www.starfireministries.org. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter. And if you've been blessed by us and by our show and by our ministry, you can donate there. That would really be a a blessing and help for us as we deal with expenses daily and read our latest articles there keep up with us on our social media sites and just always know what we're doing and what's happening by going to our website all right so i talked your ear off again i think but thanks for joining me and i'll see you next time